0: Alhamdulillah, <laughs> Rabbil Wassalatu wassalamu ala mursaleen wa ala alihi wa sahbihi amma ba So mashallah those who are going for hajj I'm assuming majority of them or many of them have gone The rest are going in the next few days And dhu um, hijjah has begun uh, At least we know when it's begun uh, Whatever day it's going to be on depending on where you are but regardless of that, Dhul Hijjah is upon us, this is the month of Hajj and majority of people will probably be not going for Hajj because that's what it is all the time. Our deen is a very practical deen and out of the five pillars of Islam, we have the first four pillars. If you can say that they're the first four, the kalima, shahada, la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu ilaha illallah, anna muhammad, rasulullah, then salat uh, and fasting. This is something which comes to us. Wherever you are, you have to pray. And wherever you are, you fast. It's not something that you have to go somewhere else for. Zakāt obviously is something which you need a certain amount of money to have to pay zakāt. But when it comes to Hajj, it's something that you have to really go out of your way. It's You have to go out of your way, you have to have enough funds to be able to do so. So it's not something that you do locally. It's actually something that you go and you do in a very special place. So, while I would love to actually speak about why you go to Makkah and why it's there and the significance of that, for the majority of us who are not going to be going, who cannot go to that place, at least not this year, then what should we do? So as I said, with the Prophet ﷺ, in our deen, there are numerous instances where when something was really magnified and considered to be very significant in the eyes of people, but they were unable to do it because of some kind of weakness or inability or paucity of means, then, but it was a very significant act. There were numerous other replacement acts that were provided to try to at least get a reward similar to the base reward of that act. So, today what we're going to be discussing is basically Hajj without a visa. How will you be able to get rewards for those of us who are staying behind and not going to be able to go to Makkah, Mukarramah, Medina, Munawara, Mina, Arafat, Muzdalifah? How do we get the basic reward of a Hajj sitting at home or in our home cities? And mashallah you'd be surprised, there are actually several things that you could do, very easy things, some things we already do, we just need the intention. So this is basically your Hajj without a visa, without a cost, it's just part of your normal routine, just you need intention. First and foremost, there's a hadith that's related by Imam Abu Dawood from Abu Umama radiallahu anhu that the Prophet said, Whoever leaves and departs his house after attaining purification, so after you've done your wudu at home, which basically means you're not going to the masjid to do wudu there. right? You do wudu at home, so you're prepared, you're ready for prayer, and then you leave the house for any fard prayer, obviously going to the masjid, then his reward is ka-ajril hajjil muhrim. He gets a similar reward to the one who is in ihram for a hajj. And then another one which is very interesting, the second part of this narration is very interesting. It says, وَمَنْ خَرَجَ إِلَىٰ الدُّحَى, خَرَجَ إِلَى الدُّحَى. لَا ينصبه... لَا ينصبه The one who leaves the house for the Salatul Duhā, Tasbihul Duhā basically means the glorification, of mid morning, which basically is the duha prayer. So, whoever leaves the house to do that, now that's a bit of a strange one because generally people do duha prayer at home. So, what are we talking about leaving the house for that? So, that's why many ulama have said that based on this hadith, it gives you an understanding that the understanding you get that generally nafal prayers should be done at home because the Prophet ﷺ said that don't make your houses into graveyards. Essentially saying that don't restrict all of your prayers into the, in the masjid, make sure you have some prayers at home as well, and thus the Prophet ﷺ used to do a lot of these nafal optional prayers at home. But in this case, it's actually an encouragement to go to the masjid for such prayers, not as a jama'ah, not as a congregation, but if the masjid is open. At that time, generally our masjid is probably closed for security reasons anyway. But if there is a masjid or you're going somewhere and a masjid is open, then this goes to give an indication that these, uh, these prayers you can go to. But that's a side point anyway. Then that person's reward is ka'ajri mutamir is the one who does an umrah, similar to the person who does an umrah. Wa salatun ala salatin la baynahuma kitabun fi 'illiyin. In fact, he says that one salat at the back of another one, in between which you don't do any redundant um, you don't do any wasteful redundant action then basically that is a record in the Illiyin, which is basically the highest record that you could have your name in which is the opposite of sijjeen which is the worst of the records so that's the first hadith just go out for prayer with wudu that's the main thing don't wait for the the toilets in the masjid are better right or the wudu place is really nice and or whatever the case is, do it at home and then go. Sometimes it is easier in the masjid for us because generally our homes lack a proper wudu facility. You have to basically raise your legs into the sink or the basin. Whereas in a wudu in the masjid, you generally have it easier. But anyway, if somebody wants this reward with that intention, inshallah they'll be given the reward of a hajj. The second one, many of you will know about it already, which is the Salatul ishraq, Which basically is Anas Allahu anhu relates a hadith of Tirmidhi. He says that and said the Prophet said, Man salla fi Whoever performs the fajr prayer in jama'ah. And then after that he sits. Thumma qa'ada. Yathkurullah. Sits. You see a lot of people doing this anyway. People, especially if you've got time, you should do this. And maybe this will be our kind of retirement package. Right? Because a lot of people have these ideas about retirement. So this will be a good idea at least. You know, blessed are those people who retire into the masjid like that. They go, they sit there, and they make their second home, they go early for prayer, they sit between Asr and Maghrib, they sit from Fajr until sunrise. As long as they don't bother anybody, it's okay. As long as they don't become possessive over the masjid and start bothering everybody else if they do something wrong or put the lights on or off or whatever. You know, sometimes people do that, they become a bit possessive. right? Other than that, mashallah, I mean, those people are the pegs of the masjid. And imagine their state in the hereafter. Not everybody who retires gets that. Other people sit at home and watch um, a lot of stuff. You know, they, they pass their time somehow. So these guys have been given a tawfiq to pass their time in the masjid. May Allah bless them. May Allah allow us to also have uh, an ending, a good ending. So anyway, whoever then sits after the fajr prayer, uh, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the sunrise and then they perform two rak'ats, then the reward of that is like a hajj and a umrah. It's not, it's not easy to do this. Right? Very few people can actually do this. That's why the reward is a Hajj and Umrah. And the Prophet ﷺ then said after that, Tammatan, Tammatan, Tammatan. Complete reward of a Hajj and Umrah. Complete reward, complete rewards. So these are all Hajj without a visa. Now for our sisters, if they can't go to the masjid, inshallah, I'm assuming if they do it at home and their prayer is better for them at their home anyway, then. They should be able to get these rewards if they stay up until sunrise. We have sisters here; they're going to be feeling left out. Like, what is it in for us? So that's why this is important. Another one, the number three. This one is related by Imam Tabarani in his Al Ma'jamul Kabir with bi in la Ba'Sabihi, a decent isnad, and it's also uh, it's it's been. M- mentioned by an, uh, related by a number of others as well from Abu Umar that the Prophet said, Man ghada ila al masjid. Whoever goes to the masjid, it's all about going out, it's all about doing something, isn't it? So, whoever goes to the masjid, la yuridu illa an yata'allama khayrun, yu'allimahu. Anybody who goes to the masjid with an intention to study something or to teach something, so you're going there as a teacher. Or you're going there to take a class, listen to a lecture, listen to a dars, right? Then, kana ka ajri hajjin taamman hajjatuhu. That person also gets a complete hajj reward. Please make dua that our, we're eventually going to have to move out of this place. This is a very temporary place for us. Make dua that the next place also we're able to have a masjid there. Because you can have an institute, an academy, a center. But you can can't have a masjid, you know, you can't get the same reward as a masjid. Even though there's education taking place there. So you can have a masjid with it as well. Then that's wonderful, isn't it? You get the rewards of a mosque. So please make dua for that. Because it, it looks like we may have to leave maybe you know within a year. So um so that's uh, that that's that's that one. To go and study something. Number four is uh, a bit more difficult but alhamdulillah uh, some people say it's just like a hajj but I guess it's easier which is uh, related from in Sahih muslim from ibn abbas anhu, that the prophet ﷺ said to a woman of the ansar whose name was Umm Sinan how come you didn't come to hajj with us because some of her family members had come she hadn't come, why didn't you come to hajj with us he said, "We've got two animals, two conveyances, two means, you know, two vehicles, right? Two spaces basically." And he said, uh, "Abu so and so, the husband, he used one of them, and him, him and uh, my son was on one of them. So the father and son was on one of them, and the other one they needed basically their provisions and everything else on there. So there was no space. So then the Prophet to make her feel better, he said." For Umrah Tunfi Ramadana Takhdi Hajjatun. Umrah in Ramadan is equivalent to a Hajj. Or a Hajjatin Ma'i, equivalent to a Hajj with me. And now a very, very easy one. Number five, this is Imam Tirmidhi has related this one from Abdullah ibn Ammaradi Allahu Anhu. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said ban sabbaha, man sabba allaha mi'atan bilvadati. وَمِئَةً كَانَكَ مَنْ مِئَةً مرتين. That's a big deal that one, that's a bonus. Whoever does a hundred tasbeehs in the morning, subhanallah, any tasbeeh you do in the morning, glorification of Allah in the morning, and a hundred in the evening, that is like the person who did a hundred pilgrimage, a hundred hajj. That's a huge reward, a hundred times hajj. 100 times in the morning, 100 times in the evening. Number six. How many of you live with your parents? Well, you're going to get this one. As long as you don't complain. And as long as you, mashallah, see the incentive. Right? Some people can't live with their parents. Because there's a clash of personalities or... Somebody else, another brother's there looking after him. you can't throw him out right, or you know your wife or your husband doesn't want them there, or it just doesn't work you know they, it's practical reasons right? Maybe if you had an intention that if, if I really could, I would love to do it like genuinely, maybe you 'll get this reward. but anyway, for you guys, this is a great reward for you. An relates that A person came to the Prophet and he said that I really want to go for jihad but I can't do it whatever his reasoning was I am unable to do it but I would love to go so then the Prophet asked him that any of your parents alive he said yes my mother is alive so he said show Allah how you serve her basically serve her for the sake of Allah essentially in in other words serve her for the sake of Allah many of us may be in a situation where you got stuck with your parents right for you know so for some people it's just that, that you're the only parent you're the only son or you're the only child or you can't move anywhere else or it's culturally seen as bad but you don't like it um, Maybe having the right intention may change the whole scenario and may change the whole situation, then make it easy. So he said that show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala how you serve her. It's got the greatest reward. If you're able to do that, he said, if you're able to achieve this for the right reason, then you are a haji. A like you've done a Hajj, Umrah, and a Mujahid. Uh, once a, you see, what we have to understand here is that this, these, are, uh, th- these should not be taken as a replacement for the Hajj. They're not intended as a replacement for the Hajj. The Hajj itself is an obligation. It's, a, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's an obligation, it's a pillar of Islam. If you've got the money, the funds to go, then you must go. Right? There's no doubt about that. This is just that once you've done your Hajj, and you can't go again or you just can't go because you know nowadays we have visa restrictions and things like that anyway then these are things that will help us at, on this occasion to not feel left behind and to use as an opportunity to get the reward and there's certain things like staying with your parents which is throughout the year it's not just about Hajj time Although in many cases, if you are looking after your parents and they are in need of you, they're not independent and you can't go for Hajj because of that, then there's obviously going to be a greater reward. So a lot of these things have to be further contextualized as well. But these are basically all the possibilities of essentially Hajj without a visa, right? And without too many funds. Uh, There's also um, numerous other things which are mentioned by the Tabi'een and others about, for example, one of the tabi'een, Uqba ibn Abdul ghafir says, Offering the Isha Salat in congregation equals the reward of a Hajj and the Fajr in congregation equals Umrah. Hassan Basri rahmatullahi, is saying that your proceeding to fulfill the need of a fellow Muslim is better for you than doing one Hajj after the other. Now you have to put these statements in context. He's not trying to say that um, Hajj is nothing. Hajj is important everybody understands Hajj to be important. But then some people who may do Hajj every year, in those days it was maybe easier to do Hajj every year because uh, what is very interesting is that I was reading a book of fiqh about Hajj, about the Makki. That he, the, the Makki, the person who lives in Makkah is not allowed to do an Umrah. If they're going to do a Hajj, they're not allowed to do an Umrah. In some, and I want to clarify this, uh, some books they say that the Makki, the person who lives in Makkah, he's not allowed to do an Umrah, during the Ashurul Hajj. So, um, some people mention that in general, that they're just not allowed. But really what what it is, is that he's saying the reason they've been prohibited from doing that is because they're generally gonna do a Hajj. Because if they're in Makkah, they just have to walk down the road and they do a Hajj. Nowadays they can't do that anymore. Now even Makkis need a Hajj Hajj visa, Uh, a special, special, uh, what do you call it, uh, permission. Otherwise you know it would be full of people, Makkah is a very big city. But in those days, the people of Makkah you, you could perform a Hajj just by default. Just had to basically just, just, just go to Arafah really. Um, so that's why they said that, because it's assumed that every Makki is going to do a Hajj. So that's why they shouldn't do a Umrah, right? Uh, maybe not to overcrowd the place or whatever the case is, right? But so if they're not doing a Hajj that year, they can do an Umrah. So that's what the fiqh is really about that. I guess the ulama will appreciate that. So what Imam Hassan Basri is saying is that look, you guys may be going Hajj all the the time, but what about fulfilling the needs of fellow Muslims? Keep that in mind because that's a more important aspect than to uh, continue doing too many Hajj. Because there's a lot of people who actually got some money, they find it very easy to go for Umrah. They actually find it easy to go Umrah once a year or every two years than to ever do Ishraq prayer think about it there's some people who go Umrah every year or every two years subhanallah subhanallah maybe even go Hajj every year and they can't do an Ishraq prayer every day they can't do hundred subhanallah in the morning and evening but they can go Umrah every year maybe subhanallah that's something to really think about the other thing is that um, these 10 days that we have of Dhul-Hijjah, they're very important 10 days. Ibn Rajab al-Hambali, who's kind of one of the sources of understanding the virtues of what to do every month, because his book he's got, uh, Lata'if, it's it's an amazing book. He says that if the hadith have promised that any act of good done in these 10 days supersedes even the rewards of jihad, so he starts off with the idea that the hadith mentioned that anything done during these days is superior to a jihad. And jihad is considered to be better than optional hajj too. That means all good deeds done during these 10 days supersede the reward of an optional hajj as well. So any sadaqah you give during these days, now you'll see all the fundraising, all the relief organizations start bombarding During these 10 days as well, once they figure that out. Because in Ramadan they do that, then they stop, right? You don't get any fundraising emails. You might just get one from White Thread now, right? So um, during these 10 days. I just want to mention one last one. Uh, Spending, uh, once a father came to Imam Muhammad Ibn Suhnun, who's a great Maliki scholar, and he said that I will earn, I'm going to earn by myself. And I don't want to distract my son from his studies, so I guess his, what it seems like is that his son was studying, and he did not want his son to then be distracted from his study to then go and have to earn a living as well. So he said that I will earn a living so that I can have him study, right? Uh, the dean. So Muhammad ibn Suhunun said, "Do you know that your reward for doing that, for for." earning a living to spend on your son to study is greater than that of a nafal hajj and jihad now how are they saying these things? they're obviously they obviously looking at the ahadith and narrations that speak about all these things and saying well there's a bigger need for this than to go for an optional hajj to have your children study so do that and to be honest you, you should never shy away from spending on knowledge because spending on knowledge is fi sabirillah. If your children want to study the deen, we're not talking about huge nine thousand pounds university fees, right? Which is a whole different ball game, right? We're talking about, you know, the deen, studying the deen. You should never shy away from that. It's it's uh mashallah, it's a, there's barakah in that, there's barakah in that depending on the intention that you do it with. And sometimes if you're not so well off, you could, you know, if you, if you don't have the money, you could, you know, you could uh, basically ask for a discount or whatever the case is. But you should always try to pay if there's a, if there's a charge, especially for knowledge. Because it's fee sabirullah at the end of the day, isn't it? It's fee sabirullah at the end of the day. And if you don't have children at, at this point, then sponsor somebody else. Because you have to remember, if you sponsor a student... Everything they do, especially find the best students, find a very talented, uh, active student, right? Because subhanAllah, that one is going to, you know, you expect that he's going to go and he's going to become a big teacher, and uh, he's going to pass on information to others. You can just sit back and relax afterwards. You can just sit back and just take in all the income that's coming from there. And Allah takes a re- re- recording of that. that that's, people don't understand, these are the best investment models you have find two or three good students, spend on their, uh, on their fees and, uh, um, and mashallah then you're just sorted after that inshaallah of course you have to do your deen, you know, you have to fulfill everything but, but that, th- th- this is something very important so there you go, we're, if we're not going for hajj then let us do something of these and find some consolation with that and of course there's no replacement for the hajj there's no replacement to going to the house of your beloved you know what the Hajj really represents? That it's the place that, as there's a, in the human psyche, they need a place to, that's close to their beloved. And, وَالَّذِينَ amanu أَشَدُوا حُبًا لِلَّهِ People who believe are most intense in their love for Allah. If that's their characteristic, they get some solace and comfort in their prayer five times a day. But it's not enough. They get a bit in their Ramadan, 30 days. But they want to get somewhere they want to touch something they want to go around the house of their beloved that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept this one place where all the lovers of Allah have been coming for centuries and it was originally instigated or established first the foundations were laid by the one of the greatest lovers of Allah Ibrahim a.s. in his act of submission it's a place just brimming with the love we go there so we can benefit from the love that has been basically expressed there for century after century. The Hajj is a journey of love and without that it's just rituals. I've done this, I've done that. Without that it's just rituals. Otherwise, it's a place where people have a desire, human being has a desire for spirituality, human being has a desire for physical uh, emotion, expression of love. So the Kaaba is there, you go around. Otherwise, why else would you go seven times around the house of Allah if it wasn't to be close to the house of your beloved he's not in there because Allah is free of place and space but that is the expression we have then you go to the multazam and you put your chest on there because when people have a beloved they want to hug them and embrace them you kiss the black stone right? this is all to basically feed our certain emotional instincts but you have to love to love Allah first to become that mu'min who is most intense in love for Allah then this Hajj becomes even greater so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that that love and that understanding and that accomplishment and allow us to go to the Haramain over and over again and allow us to benefit from um, these are the great rewards wa akhiru da'wana rabbil alamin Allahumma antas salam wa salam al jalali wal ikram Allahum ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alay Sayyidina Muhammad wa Bari wa sallim. Allahu mahfillana wa rahhamna waafina wahdina wa Zuknah. Allahumma ma'filli ummati Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahu mafilil Muslime wa al Muslimat Al-Mu'mina wa al mu'minat Al-Ahiya iminhum al amwaat. Allahuum ma'filli umma t Sayyidina Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumu rabbbina آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم رب جعلنا مقيم الصلاة ومن ذريتنا ربنا وتقبل دعاء اللهم ربنا هبلنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم أصلح لنا شأننا كله ولا تكلنا إلى أنفسنا طرفة عين Allahumma inna naoo the become in aljununun, you will judam, you will borosi say ill ascom. Allahumma inna naoo the become in fitna till mahya, well mamat. Allahumma inna naoo the become in fitna till messi hid the Allahumma in Allahum rabbana la to zir ulubana bada idhedeitana wahablana miladun karahma inneka until wahab. Allahumma inneka afu and kareem unto hebula afu a fa fa anna ya kareem. Allahumma fir. ارحم وتجاوز اللهم نسالك من خير ما سالك منه نبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما منه عبدك ونبيك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم انت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة الا بالله يا الله يا ارحم الراحمين يا معدن الجود والكرم يا ذا الجلال والاكرام we ask you for your great mercy we ask you for your great blessing. O oh Allah, we ask you for your forgiveness. Oh Allah, we are involved in many different types of disobediences. O oh Allah, we may be involved in many different, different types of sins, many different shortcomings. Oh Allah, we are extremely weak. Oh Allah, we make a tawbah, we make a firm vow, we make a firm promise to be good. We listen to something, we read something, something happens in our life and we think that we're going to do better now. But our resolve only lasts for a very short amount of time. Oh Allah, there are so many distractions which are out there. There are so many things which make us negligent, which distract us, which take us away, which beckon and call us towards the way of wrong. Oh Allah, we have become very weak and we have become extremely Vulnerable, O oh Allah, we need Your help, and O oh Allah, grant us Your assistance. O oh Allah, when a child can no longer walk anymore, it asks its parents to pick it up. O oh Allah, we are asking You to keep us away from the Shaytan in the same way. We are tired of fighting with the Shaytan. O oh Allah, grant us immunity and resolve. Grant us conviction. Grant us strength in our iman to to withstand the temptations and the distractions. O Allah, it is so easy to sin. O Allah, we make tawbah in the morning, but by the evening it's broken. We make it in the evening, but by the morning it's broken. O Allah, how long can we continue to live like this? O Allah, we want a life of purity and taqwa. We want a life that is full of your love. O Allah, grant us your love in our hearts. O Allah, make us true mu'mineen. Make us of those who are intense in your love. O oh Allah, grant us sweetness in our prayer, sweetness in our faith. O oh Allah, we ask that you grant us the tawfiq and divine enablement to do greater good deeds and to do them with ikhlas and sincerity. O oh Allah, you've bestowed us with bestowed us with many, many blessings. O oh Allah, do not make these blessings a source of fitna for us. Do not allow us to use this the very bounties you have provided us to disobey you. Oh Allah, grant us the ability to be thankful in the true sense of thankfulness, in the true sense of gratitude. Make us of the shakkarin, make us of the zakkareen make us of those who are constantly in your remembrance, regardless of what we are doing and what part of day it may be. Oh Allah, we know we're asking you for some great things, which takes a lifelong life to achieve. But oh Allah, we know that to put this petition in front of you, because you're the best of those who are asked and you're the best of those who give. Oh Allah, we can't expect anything less from you. Oh Allah, do not look at our states, but oh Allah, look at, We are. We, our gaze is in on your generosity, on your ease in which you do things, in the facility that you have and the extensive treasures from which you give. Oh Allah, it makes no difference to you. O oh Allah, it makes no difference no shortcoming comes in your treasures. O oh Allah, but this will be another one of your servants who you will be pleased with, who, you will, who will eventually go to Jannatul Firdaus and who will be in your satisfaction and your rida for eternity. O oh Allah, make us of those. O oh Allah, bless all of those who are going for the Hajj, those who have already gone. O oh Allah, make it an accepted Hajj for them. O oh Allah, and those of us who are unable to go, O oh Allah, allow them to do many good deeds here and allow them to go in the, next, in the coming years. Oh Allah, we ask that you make us of those whose hearts are filled with your love and whose, who are surrounded with people who love, who love you and whose surrounding is conducive for your worship. Oh Allah, make our environment conducive for your worship make us forces of good and keys to goodness rather than keys to evil. And oh Allah, we ask that you You guide us aright in everything that we do. You accept our ventures, you accept and place blessing in all of our permissible projects that we have and take us from strength to strength, accepting us for the service of your deen and grant us the kalima la ilaha illallah on our deathbeds. And oh Allah, finally we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifuna wa ala al-mursaleen walhamdulillahi rabbil.